0: Amen. So, Father God, we just thank you this morning, Father God, as we gather together in your name, Father God, to give you praise, worship and and glory, Father God, because we know it all belongs to you, Father God. And Father God, I want to pray this morning, Father God, for, for the people with pain in their bodies, Father God. We know, Father God, that there's so many people with pain in their bodies, Father God. I don't know who it is, but it's people with pain in their knees, Father God, and pain in their hearts, Father God. So we just want to lift those up suffering from pain this morning, Father God. We want to lift up the ones who are suffering a loss of their loved ones this morning. We want to lift up the homeless this morning, Father God. We want to lift up the hungry this morning, Lord. And we want to lift up the children this morning, Lord. So as we come together, Father God, touch and agree on some of these things, Father God, that we know that you know of already, Father God. We just, wanna, we just wanna thank you this morning, Father God, because we know, Father God, that there is nothing, nothing too big for you, Father God. And there's no prayer too small, Father God. So we just wanna thank you this morning and we just wanna lift people up this morning, Father God. We give you praise, we give you honor, and we give you glory in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And everyone say, amen.
1: All right, Dr. Tarzan, how are you this morning? (laughs)
0: Amen.
1: (laughs) Really uh, funny story about Brother Smokey Norfolk. I had never heard of that little brother. And there was a young woman at Free Advanced Women's Program, I wish I could call her name, and she really got right up under me in terms of trying to uh, get her spirituality uh, connection before she left the program so when her sister i believe it was came to pick her up the day she was leaving i happened to be over at the program and uh, her sister uh brought this cd for her to give to me and it was by smokey normal never heard of it and in this on this uh, cover of this little cd with this little brother with a little sassy hat tucked to the side on his head. He didn't look like he'd be anointed to do nothing. You gotta be careful about appearances because appearances oftentimes will tell you about a person, but sometimes will be deceived. And so uh, when I started started not to listen to the music because I am very particular about what I let go into my spirit. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit this morning. You see, your spirit is just like it—it uh, it, it attracts whatever is going on uh, around you, uh, and when you're spiritually connected, uh, it will attach itself to your spirit. And I—I I, I don't want to get into my sermon yet, but anyway, I don't—I'm not playing this because I think. This is not going to be what, it, what I want here. So one day I was driving in the car. I had that old blue dirt again. I'm driving in the car, and I said, well, let me see what this is like. And I put that uh, CD in the, in, uh, in the player, and Lord have mercy, my whole car was lit up with this smoking awful and his anointing. This is an anointed breath. So if you go on YouTube, you can find some more of his music. He's been around a number of years now. And one of his children died, and he wrote a song after that. He's just anointed. And so, you know, looks can be deceiving both ways. And so you have to really seek the Lord and find out for yourself who you're dealing with. So I have been blessed by his music for a number of years. So, Father, we thank you this morning. We're so grateful, Lord, that we have this opportunity to come before the throne of grace. And we just thank you, Lord, that whatever we do here today will bring glory and honor to you. We know that it's not by power and it's not by might, but it's by the Holy Spirit of God. And so we thank you, Lord God, for manifesting yourself. As I open up my mouth, fill it, Lord, with whatever you would have me to say. And Father God, help me to follow the voice of the good shepherd and the voice of a stranger I will not follow. Let Jesus be made unto me wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Lord, just keep me with the mind of Christ. And I thank you, Lord, that the ears of the hearers are anointed, and that their hearts are open to receive the word this morning. And we just give you praise and glory and advance for what you will do in Jesus' name. So I thank God for all of you this morning. And as I say, we were uh, pleasantly uh, blessed yesterday to be able to join many of the folks that we know both from the county and from uh, the community and just, you know, good to be out among the people that I know, many of them love the Lord, and uh, just to be out because, you know, I'm not going out much because of my knees. I heard Reverend talk about somebody who got a knee problem. Well, praise God, I'm still fighting that battle, but I still trust God. And I drive my car for short distances. I don't try to get up on the freeway too much. I did go to Kaiser the other day, drive over to Redwood City. But I know how to take the back roads so I don't have to get on the freeway and try to uh, worry about whether my knees are gonna work right. You know, you gotta step on the gas and step on the brake. And these people are so crazy. But anyway, thank God. Got me the revolution in that. And uh, so, you know, what the, the song that we heard, if it had not been for the Lord on my side, where would I be? And I sing that song in earnestly, where would I be? And we all can ask ourselves that question if it were not for the Lord on our side, Where would we be? And some of us have been around for a while. So we have watched God take us from faith to faith and from glory to glory because we did not start out the way we are now. And we thank him because he changed us and molded us and got us into positions so that we are useful to him. I I just can't get enough of saying and so this morning, I just want to talk about it. We may have talked about this before. The power of praise and worship. Because, you know, we were listening to those songs. And we say, we're going to have praise and worship now. But sometimes we help people understand that this is a most important part of the service. The music. You we say, well, it's music. Yeah, it's music. The praise and worship part of the service is very important because it prepares us, our hearts and minds. we got stuff on our minds that happened last week, that happened yesterday, may have happened this morning. You know, sometime on Sunday morning, the devil meets us. As soon as we get out of bed, still start going on. By the time, I was hear this, from i got time to get to church to get a wreck. Of course we are on Zoom, but you know, going to church and all hell, the broke loose in the house, the kids wouldn't hurry up and get themselves up and do what you wanted. That was when my children were young because I made, I made them go to church. You know, these people have it now that we don't make our children. Yes, I made mine go to church and, and for the most part, it worked now. Uh, you know, because uh, my son is a minister and my son that passed away, uh, spent his last years and life saved uh, and uh, filled with the Holy Spirit. And so, and my daughter, she uh, likes another kind of ministry that is Christian sometimes because she likes uh, prophecy. She likes that kind of stuff, but, you know, at least she's interested, so pray for her. You know, because we get caught up with folks giving us a word, and honey, they'll give us a word, and pretty soon that garbage that they're giving us is taking residence in our hearts and our minds. Our minds are just open to be filled with any kind of garbage, because that's where Satan plays. He plays in our minds. And then our spirit, as I was talking about earlier, is like a sponge. And so we can inhale all of this stuff. That's why certain kinds of music, I don't want to hear. If you play playing that kind of music, then i got to get away from you. Because when I go to bed at night, I don't want to hear it's cheaper to keep up. I want to hear Jesus loves me, this I know. So, <laughs> I'm very ticky about what goes into my ear gates because as I hear it, it goes into my spirit. And I I, I, I could go on with that teaching because a lot of people don't understand that you are spirit, soul, and body. And your spirit man, or spirit, it were human spirit, It is what gets connected to the Spirit of God. Your mind has to be renewed. That's a whole teaching. But your mind has to be renewed because your thinking has been stinking from the time that you knew who you were and heard other people talking and they told you different stuff and your thinking is messed up until you get your mind renewed by the Holy Ghost. So those are all sermons for another time. I just want to talk about the power of praise and worship for a few minutes here this morning. And so Acts 16, verses 23 to 26 tells us, And when they had laid many stripes upon them, we're talking about uh, Peter, uh, they cast them into prison charging the jailer to keep them safely. Who, having having received such a change, thrust them into the inner prison and laid their feet fast in stocks. And at midnight, I'm sorry, it's Paul. Uh, At midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bands were loose. So these two men had a praise and worship service, and as they began to praise the Lord and worship the Lord, the gates actually opened the The cell doors, we would call them, actually open. It says the prison was shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's hands were loose. They had handcuffs on, they had chains on, but they all fell away. Because of the power of their praise and worship to God, those two men, Paul and Silas. So the Bible story, ends the unjust of arrest, arrest of Paul and Silas, and because they had cast the spirit of divination out of a girl, they had cast a, a demon out of a girl, the local Philippian authorities beat them and then threw them into a jail cell. Besides the trauma of, of a severe beating, they were fastened in stocks which clamped their arms and legs in an immobile position, causing cramps and loss of circulation. And I don't know if you remember in your, uh, maybe junior high or early high school years about the colonies, when you studied the colonies. And the punishment that they gave people at that time was to put them in stock, so they had this thing and they put your hands in the holes and your legs and feet in some holes and uh, lock you in like that. And of course, if you don't know, when you sit a long time in the same position, we call it your feet will go to sleep or your hands will go to sleep. You know, when then you start waking, when you wake up like that and you start shaking your hand or or your foot to try to bring up. Uh, the circulation of the park. So that's where they had them. They had them in those stocks, and uh, the atmosphere there was depressing. And uh, according to the standards of that day, a prison was more like the resemblance of a dungeon, a dark, damp, stench red place. There weren't no bathrooms at all, with no facility for waste or comforts of any kind. So it was a stinking pain That's what jail was. That's what prison was. And so the Bible story begins, the unjust arrest, as I said, of Paul and Solomon. They weren't guilty of doing anything but preaching the gospel. That's what was going on. So in spite of the throbbing pain in their bodies and the disheartening atmosphere. At midnight, Paul and Silas were heard praying, and they were singing praises to God. What a strange sound this must have been to those other prisoners, because those other prisoners may have been, not all of them, but some of them may have been guilty. They may have been guilty, harm. Um, these two men were in and they had not done anything wrong. So what they heard was a strange—it was a strange sound to the other prisoners who were used to only hearing the groans and cursings of those who had been beaten. Because you see, they would beat them and then put them in jail. You know, we, there are certain rules we about inmates now. Certain things the guards shouldn't do and can't do without getting in trouble uh, to inmates in jail. Now, you know, I do jail ministry. Can't imagine what it must have been like in those days. But because of the treatment that people got when they went to jail, now we have these jails. Some of them are are jails for people who have uh, committed crimes, business crimes, extortions, that kind of thing. White collar crime, crimes, that's what they call them. And they go to these luxurious places, they in jail and they locked up. But it's nothing like what Paul and Silas experienced in that day of time. And you know, when I went to Jamaica the second time uh, for, for ministry, uh, they took us to the women's prison. And we went at a, a time when those women uh, had not had any water that morning. They well, the the joke was was the joke, but the prison sat on the water. If you know anything about Jamaica? It's an island, so the prison actually sat near the water. But the water wasn't the water that they could have to drink. That water had to be shipped in to the jail every morning and it was late that morning so we came to have church with those women and we had to wait until the water came because most of them uh, were not interested too much in church and then you telling them that they don't have no water for that morning. So I think what happened if I remember correctly We went ahead and started the service, but when that water truck came, we lost half of our congregation because they wanted water. But anyway, I want to tell you about that place. It was not what I see in San Mateo County at all. It was not a nice place to be, you know. And uh, so where, where Paul and Silas was, it was more like a cave than anything else. That's where they were, so, you know, it was not a nice place to be. So in spite of the throbbing pain in their bodies, because they had been beaten, the disheartening atmosphere at midnight, Paul and Silas were heard praying and singing praises to God. What a strange sound, again, I say, must have been to the other prisoners. So then suddenly there was an earthquake that shook the prison. The doors flung open, and amazingly, the bonds of Paul and Silas and every other prisoner was released. What caused this mighty discharge of power? What caused it? Paul and Silas knew the secret of how to fill their heart, lift their hearts, I'm sorry, above their troubles and into into God's presence and power. To praise and worship, their hearts were raised with the joyous presence and peace of God, and provided God a channel for his power to operate in their circumstances. You see, when you praise God, there's a little saying that goes on, and I don't say it with scripture, but you know, some people say when the praises come up go up, the blessings come down. But I can tell you this. When you spend time in prayer, you spend time praising the Lord, singing those little choruses, uh, just allowing your mind to, to focus in on the Spirit of God and you open your heart, looking to God for resolution to whatever's going on into your life. When you do all of that, the presence of God, manifest, and sometimes he manifests that caused me to go into a place of intercession. Sometimes when things get so heavy for me, I can't do it now, but I used to be able to get on my face on the floor, and I would actually get on my face on the floor and cry out to God for help for whatever was going on with me and my family. Now, i I'm blessed if I can get on my knees. And right now, I hear Reverend talking about knees. And Reverend, that's me because even though I've had the cortisone and I love Tylenol, I'm still having problems with my knees and believing God for healing. And so what we need to know is, is that when we start to praise God, things change. Now, we can talk all of that doubt and unbelief and ain't nothing, Lord, thanks. But when we start praising the Lord, Lord, I thank you. I thank you that you hear me when I pray. I thank you, Lord, that I know you're there for me. I thank you, Lord, that you can open doors that cannot be closed. I thank you, Lord, God, for whatever you've done for me. I thank you for in the past, I know that through that same God, And you go on and you begin to sing his praises. What a mighty God we serve.
0: You know, we didn't hear that this
1: morning, but we heard, if it were not for the Lord on my side, where would I be? Then we heard from Smokey Norfolk. You know, we just need to know that praise, praise and worship is a weapon that God has given us. So when Paul and Silas, it says uh, that when they started praising the Lord, it shook the whole, the Spirit of God shook that whole place. And that the doors flung open, and amazingly, the bonds of Paul and Silas and every other prisoner, he didn't limit it to just them, because they were his people, but he allowed God, I'm talking about God, allowed all of those folks to go free. So Paul and Silas knew the secret of how to lift their hearts above their troubles and enter into God's presence and power. Through praise and worship, their hearts were raised into the joyous presence and the peace of God and provided God a channel for his power to operate in their circumstances. And you know, yesterday we had some portrayals of what it was like for us when we were in shapes, our ancestors when they were enslaved. What it was like. But you know, we have all of those old songs that we call Negro spirituals. If you've not been introduced to them, you need to get introduced. And in these songs were freedom messages for uh, the African Americans who were in slavery, and the Africans that had been brought on those slave ships. And there were freedom (laughs) messages in those songs, you know. And yesterday, that one of the songs they sang was "Swing Low, Sweet Chariot," coming for the carry me home. That song was meant to encourage those that were planning their escape. Swing low, sweet cherry. Brought tears to my eyes, it's an old song, but it it's stemmed from slavery, you see. And so today, we not only, it's not only uh, African Americans, but everybody that don't know Jesus Christ is in slavery. They're in bondage, and so those of us who know Jesus Christ and accept him, of him as our Savior. We need to praise God. We need to know how to praise and worship him so that we are able to set an example for those who are still bodies. because whom the Son sets forth is forgiven. That's what the word tells us. So not only were them slaves of uh, uh, uh Delivered from their plantation owners, but they knew who God was. They knew that as they sang those Negro spirituals, that God heard the groans. You know, those that were first slaves were the Jews. You know, the Israelites were in slavery in Egypt. So slavery has been around for a long time but God delivers, he delivers. So as we, Paul and Silas was sitting up in their, that jail, God delivered them through their praise and through their worship of him, even in jail. And that's what they had been locked up for. They hadn't really done anything wrong. They was preaching the gospel. And because of that, they ended up in jail. And here they're sitting in that the Genji old cave that was called the jail, and they began to sing God's praises, and the doors of the cells opened up, and the bondage, those stocks that they had them in, those chains that they had them in, they all became uh, unlocked. That's what happens when you praise the Lord. You get freedom. So we need to know that the Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. You can find that in Psalms 22 and 3. The Bible said God inherits inherits the praises of his people. In other words, God dwells in the atmosphere of his praise. This means that praise is not merely a reaction from coming into his presence, Praise is a vehicle of faith which brings us into the presence and power of God. Praise and worship is a gate pass which allows us to enter the sacredness of his glory. The psalmist writes, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name, Psalms 100 verse 4 then, this corresponds with Jesus teaching that his presence will inhabit the gathering of the believers who congregate in his name, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them, Matthew 18 and 20. A gathering in his name means that Jesus must be the focus. I want to say that again. A gathering in his name means that Jesus must be the focus, the center of the assembly, (coughs) preached about, sung about, the one praised and worshiped. I will declare thy name unto my brethren in the midst of the church will I sing praise unto thee. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 12. Consequently, Christ present Christ's presence along with his virtue and anointing is manifested in this type of gathering. God's spirit is manifested in us praising him. So he... Uh, is always responsive to our praise. The power and anointing of the Holy Spirit usually becomes evident and subsequent to a time of worship and praise. And so some think that worship is a response after the Holy Spirit moves upon them. But the real truth is, it's the other way around. God's presence responds when we come Uh, Upon him with worship, we come to him with worship, lifting up Jesus Christ through praise and worship, invokes the Lord's presence and the power to flow in our gifts. You see, if we want God's presence in our midst, We need to start praising him. When we began to pray, we need to start praising him. Just thank you, Lord, for waking me up. Thank you, Lord, for getting me up. Thank you, Lord, for allowing me to have this time with you. Thank you, Lord, that you hear and answer my prayer. Thank you, Lord, that you said I should come into your gates with thanksgiving and enter your courts with praise. You know, those psalms that we read, and they are so helpful to us, those are songs. Those were songs with music, many of them written by the psalmist David, but other psalmists as well. And so in those psalms, as you read them, they're words of praise to God. Praising him for his greatness, praising him for his faithfulness. And we need to learn how to do that. That's what praise means. It means to commend, to applaud, or to magnify. That's what praise means. For Christians, to praise, uh, praise to God is an expression of worship, lifting up and glorifying God. It's an expression of humbling ourselves and centering our attention upon the Lord with a heartfelt expression of love, adoration, and thanksgiving. High praise brings our spirit into a pinnacle of fellowship and intimacy between ourselves and God. It magnifies our awareness of our spiritual union with the Most High God. Praise transports us into the realm of the supernatural and into the power of God. Blessed is the people that know the joyful sound. They shall walk, O Lord, in the light of thy countenance. Psalms 89 and 15. There are many actions involved with praise to God. Verbal expressions of adoration. And Thanksgiving, singing, playing of instruments, shouting, dancing, lifting, or clapping our hands. But true praise is not merely going through those motions. Jesus spoke about the hypocrisy of the Pharisees, whose worship was only an outward show and not from the heart. The people draw nigh unto me with their mouths and honor you with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Matthew 15 and 8. Genuine praise to God is a matter of humility and sincere devotion to the Lord from within. Unpretentious praise and worship pleases the Lord. He delights in the love and devotion of his children. According to the scriptures, the various expressions of praise uh, bring blessings to the Lord. He eagerly awaits the fragrance of our affections, designed to manifest his sweet presence and power in our midst. The true worshippers shall worship the fathers in spirit and in truth, for the father seeketh such worship such to worship him. John 4 and 23. You see, if God wants us to honor him with our praise and to worship him as our God and to give him that special attention. You see, because many times we come to service and we are just distracted because so much stuff has been going on in our lives all week. And we are just overflowing with the pity for ourselves, feeling bad about what has happened. The Lord woke me up this morning with some stuff that had been said to me, and where I, when I was in another place, uh, you know, I was not uh, in prayer, and it was presented to me, and I didn't really hear what the person meant until I woke up this morning and then I thought, oh my God, that's what they were meaning. And and, and I thought, oh my God, I should have responded to that. Oh my God, that's not true. blah 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 And I thought, uh-uh, I got to get out of this conversation because it's leading me down a path that will distract me from what I need to do this morning in service. And so I had to put it under the blood. Some of those thoughts we have, some of those things that come up in our mind, of course, are not of God. It's coming from Satan because that's what he speaks to us in our mind. So we need to learn how to put it under the blood. What blood? The blood of Jesus Christ. The blood that never loses its power, you see. And you put those thoughts, and you put those things that you might would have said out of your mouth that was nothing that you needed to say out of your mouth under the blood of Jesus Christ. You see, that's what you learn how to do. Then you have to learn how to listen because a lot of times we don't listen. And this conversation that was going on with me, I was somewhere else and distracted by what was going on where I was, and then when this conversation occurred, I heard, but I didn't listen. Let me tell you something. We have to learn how to listen. We have to learn how to listen. We had a sister who was very instrumental in the desegregation process for our children here in the area. She first had started her own private school. Uh, This woman had an 8th grade education and she started her own private school because our children were getting what she thought was uh, an inferior education here in the city with the local school district because it was four but there were special fundings that you could get, but only a few schools have that funding. So she started a sneak out program and they were sending some of our children over to Palo Alto. We are in East Palo Alto. And so East Palo Alto is actually a part of San Mateo County. Palo Alto, is a part of Santa Clara County and a very rich school district because it's connected to Stanford University. Sanford University is located in Palo Alto, California. So we over here in East Palo Alto and this woman started what she called the She Got program. Her name was Gertrude Wilk. She was the first mayor of East Palo Alto when we incorporated. And she's now gone home to be Lord. She was a Christian woman. But she started her own private school because she just wasn't getting it what she wanted from the public school. But we had a meeting. One of my friends was a part of the Human Relations Committee that the county uh, had. The Board of Supervisors uh, called the <coughs> uh, You know, uh, for an organization of the Human Relations uh, Committee, a commission. They had a commission because desegregation and racism and all of that was still very healthy at that time in our area, which is many years ago, in the early 1980s, I would say. And so Gertrude called the meeting of black women, and we would later on have an organization in the county called Black Women in County Government, those of us that worked in county government. That occurred in the 1990s when I was employed by the Mm -hmm. Department of Human Services. But anyway, and I was in ministry at that time, but I had a full time job. But anyway, we had this meeting. And uh, my friend, Eleanor Curry, she was uh, worked for the Human Relations Commission. And this woman, who was a sister friend, um, Sister Gertrude Wills, we were all there at the meeting. Eleanor had called us together because we needed to get this, this uh, or- organization started called Black Lives Matter Government. So she called the folks from the community, and Gertrude was among those that came to that meeting. And Gertrude said, well, girls, we have to learn how to think. And anybody who is not of African descent, please don't be offended because it's not meant to be offensive. But she said, we have to learn how to think. She said, Caucasian women know how to think. We need to learn how to think." Well, what she was really trying to get across to us in that crude way was that we, uh, women of color often are considered abrasive because we are direct and we say what we say and mean what we say, and we don't try to make it palatable For other people, we just say it. So that's what she really meant. No offense to any of our Caucasian sisters, but that was the way she felt at that time. And we were planning then to try to do something to help uh, the situation of women of color. But Gertrude had this sneak-out program, and it was very successful, but she also opened up her own elementary school. So she had a private school that was designed by her. And what she wanted to see children of color or children of any race to know. You know, I said to them yesterday, i am off my surface. I said to them yesterday when it was time for me to bless the food, how much I enjoyed the program that celebrates our history. And we actually now are able to celebrate how we endured slavery. (laughs) That's part of the celebration. And so I was saying how wonderful it is that our children now in their schooling are know about what had really happened during the slavery and during the time that we were delivered from slavery and all of that. When I attended elementary school in the state of California, they talked about American history, California history, but there was nothing about black history. The only thing they said about black people were that you once were slaves. No explanation, which actually made us feel more inferior. But today our children get to learn that there are some wonderful leaders that came out of that slavery they were enslaved but when they were set free they came wonderful leaders we have any of them and so that's what i have to say when i was preparing to uh, bless the food yesterday at the uh celebration but we're going to talk more about praise and worship in our next sermon remember that right here because we see that Paul and Silas got set free, and all of those that were locked up in the jail got set free, even though some of them might have committed crime. God opened the doors for all of them to get out of that jail, and the jail keeper. If you read on in that scripture, he was in a panic because, you know, he had to explain how he let all these people out of jail. He didn't let them out of jail. The Holy Ghost let them out of jail. But that's how powerful praise and worship is today. So when we have our time of praise and worship before we have the sermon, that's why we have it. We want you to be able to praise God and Think about the things that God is doing in your life and how he's brought you out, set you free, and how he's promoting you and causing you to go from faith to faith and from glory to glory. Instead of thinking about what happened before you got to church, instead of thinking about what you're going to have to face when you go back home, instead of thinking about that job that you just so discouraged with the behavior of your co-workers and, looking for a promotion and that can't seem to happen, knowing that God has all this power and that if we put our trust in him, I will trust in the Lord till I die. That's what the pastor saying. We need to trust God and let him handle our affairs and he will truly open doors for us and he will truly close doors that need to be closed. And so with that said, I'm going to stop right here. I'll thank God for each one of you. I'm going to let uh, Reverend uh, uh, Robinson dismiss us in a minute. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, today is their day. Romans 10, 9 and 10 tells us if we confess the Lord Jesus with our mouth and believe that God raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. If you don't know Jesus and the pardon of your sin, if you never invited him in your life, today is your day. All you need to do is know that he is alive and well and that he is waiting. He's waiting to allow him to become the head of your life. So if you're one of those that will see this uh, service later on or hear it, what you do is say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. The word of God says that if I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that God (laughs) raised Jesus from the dead, I shall be saved. So I believe that and I'm speaking that and I ask, to be my Lord and Savior and I will serve you for the rest of my days in Jesus name Amen if you pray that prayer or if you pray that prayer later on when you see this particular service if you're able to view it later on know that that's the way you give your life to Christ and that's the way join the family of god and once you do that you're connected you need to ask god to show you connect you with a place to worship and if he if he's if he desires for you to be a part of breath life you can also be a part of our services on zoom right now and let me know that you prayed the prayer of salvation and we can make sure that you get some literature and some information to help you grow in your salvation. With that said, I'm going to ask Reverend to dismiss us and y'all have a blessed day in the Lord. I'm thankful for each one of you and asking God to continue the good work that you has got in you. Until next time, uh, Reverend Robinson, would you dismiss
0: us Amen, amen The power of praise and worship (laughs) Amen Three things that I know the enemy hates He hates your prayers He hates your praise And he hates your worship He hates it And that's why I do it Each and every morning (laughs) As as I was listening to the pastor I was thinking about uh, uh, Brother Larry of our church That boy could play that guitar that boy was a guitar. Uh I, I just don't know, but he can play. But see, the enemy yeah. interrupted that. The enemy interrupted yeah. that. He boy we had some people up in our church that can sing. We had Sister Carland. The enemy interrupted that with those cigarettes and then she had a stroke we had Brother Scott, and I don't know what happened with Brother Scott, but at first, man, that boy was talented. He played saxophone, drums, the keyboard, and uh, at the end, he didn't sound so good. I I think the enemy interrupted that. We had some music up in that Bread of Life church. We had some praise and worship up in that church. And the yes. enemy interrupted that, and it hurts me to my heart to see, especially our brother Larry, that he let the enemy destroy that beautiful talent. Yes, that beautiful talent. And I would, this is my personal opinion, he had a band, it was called Scary Larry and the Monsters. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: He had a band. And that was the name of that band. And I'm going to tell you something. That's what it became. He became Scary Larry. Because if you saw him on the streets, you'd be scared the way he looked right now. And, and, you know, we still pray for him. We keep him in our prayers. But the enemy hates praise and worship. And so I understand. I was even doing the praise and worship. See, God allowed me, because I ain't no singer. But God allowed me after all those people kind of left. God allowed me to do the praise and worship every morning, every Sunday morning, (laughs) every Sunday morning. And I would start with that song. You are Alpha and you are Omega. And we worship you, our Lord. That was my song to start the worship service because he is Alpha and he is Omega. And even though the enemy has struck our, our ministry, our music ministry, we still kept it going one way or another. Because God is stronger than any monster. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Thank you for that uh, that sermon, Pastor. We appreciate you. Father God, we thank you this morning, Father God. We thank you for the message, and we thank you for the messenger, Father God. And we know, Father God, that there is power in prayer. There is power in praising you, Father God, and worshiping you, Father God. All the praise and worship belongs to you, Lord. All of it belongs to you, Lord. And Father God, we know the enemy tries to to block praise and worship. We know the enemy was the main worshiper. He was the main man. And, and he had all these instruments and all these vocals, Father God. So we know that the enemy comes against praise and worship, Father God. But we know that you're stronger than the enemy in whatever he tries to do, Father God. We know that you are there stopping them, Lord. So we just give you thanks, Father God. We thank you for each and everyone here today, Lord. We thank you for the families that are represented here today, Lord. And we ask, Father God, as we go on our week, Father God, that there you are in the midst, Father God. We ask no hurt, harm, or danger come to us, Father God. We ask that whatever the enemy throws at us, Father God, we have our bat ready to hit it right back at him, Lord, whatever he tries to throw, Father God. So we thank you this morning, Lord. We ask the hedge of protection over us, Father God, and we just give you praise, honor, glory, worship. Father God. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Everyone say amen.
1: Amen.
0: Amen. uh, have
1: A blessed day and a blessed week, and we will have prayer tomorrow. I've been kind of getting uh, busy uh, doing other things, and then when I look at the time, I'm just